Hi, friends. I am Sandra Peoples, and this is episode 53 of Key Ministry, the podcast, creating individualized spiritual plans for your ministry participants. So let me just say welcome to the first week of June. I know that summer can be such a busy time for churches, especially in children's ministry and youth ministry. We have camps, VBS, all the things. But it's also a great time to evaluate how things are going in your ministry and start planning for the new school year. One thing that's on our to-do list over the summer is to update the ISPs we use for the kids and teens our ministry supports. An ISP is an individualized spiritual plan and a way we support the spiritual growth of our students and the way we communicate with everyone on their team. In today's episode, I'm going to walk you through four things related to ISPs. First, how we determine ISP goals and the placement for the students that we serve. Number two, a rubric of ideas for spiritual goals. Number three, how we communicate those goals with the teachers and the buddies that serve in our ministry. And finally, examples of goals and the modifications we make for the students. Okay, are you ready? Let's jump in. At our church, our special needs ministry's goal is to communicate the gospel to every child in a way that they understand and in an environment where they feel comfortable. Because every child is unique, we have developed ISPs for each one, individualized spiritual plans. Similar to what the students have at schools under their IEPs, our ISPs take into consideration their likes, dislikes, strengths, goals, and behaviors. We decide on these goals after we get to know the student and by talking to the parents and the participant themselves about what goals they have while they're at church with us. Here's how we determine the ISP goals and the placement for the student. So our ministry serves any student who needs adjustments to the lesson or to the environment to understand the message and feel comfortable. So this includes children and teens who have special needs, learning disabilities, mental health diagnosis, behavioral diagnosis, any of that qualifies. This also includes children without any diagnosis, but whose behavior communicates that they need some adjustments in order to feel comfortable with us. So a new family who come to our church because they want to be part of our disability ministry, they fill out an intake form that asks questions about what their child enjoys, what causes stress, and what we need to know to care for them while they're with us. So that includes questions about mobility, communication, toileting, and allergies. At our church, we have a hybrid model of disability ministry. So that includes buddies in the typical classes, a sensory class, which is similar to like a self-contained class at schools, and we have a reverse inclusion class for teens and young adults. So we would place a new student in the environment the student and parents feel most comfortable with to start out. We usually spend a couple of weeks observing that student before we set the ISP goals, and then the student and the parents can be part of that goal-setting process if they'd like to. When we set the goals for the student, we remember we have one main overall goal the gospel. So everything is for the purpose of that student being able to hear and respond to the gospel. The goals at school, therapy, home, they will meet a variety of needs for that student. But it's important that at church, we stay focused on our goal because that student is with us for such a short time compared to how much time he and she spends in other places. 
And so when we set the goals, we kind of categorize different areas of spiritual growth that we want to see in the kids. And so that may include what it will look like for them to participate in story time. It includes what it will look like for them to participate in prayer time, in music time, the supports that they may need to do the more academic work, like the activity sheets. It also includes some things that have to do with behavior because we want them to feel comfortable in social situations. So some of the supports that we have for behavior in those social situations are included in their ISPs. So in the show notes, there is a link to like a rubric that I have of how we break these down and kind of a hierarchy of the things that could happen in each category. So let me give you an example. So the main category could be prayer. So what do we want it to look like when this child joins the rest of the class in prayer? So here are some of the things that that could include that we would choose as a goal. So that could be pray with prompting. Repeat a simple prayer like it's snack time. It could be that they sit quietly during prayer time and listen. It could be that they share a prayer request when it's appropriate. Uh, So they kind of follow those social rules if the expectation is they raise their hand, if the expectation is they only share one and then they let their friends share one. That's those are kind of the overlap in the social goals. It could be that we, one of the goals is that they lead the group prayer. That could be a goal, especially when we're talking about youth group age kids. Or it could be that one of the goals is that they pray for a friend who shares a request. So if we're looking at setting the ISP goals for a student in the area of prayer, we would pick one or two of those things and put it in their ISP. Okay, here are some examples of like social and behavior goals. So maybe we want them to be able to identify by name their friends and helpers at church or participate in class discussion with respect, which means taking turns to let everyone talk. Maybe one of the goals is speak kindly to friends and helpers or participate in game time uh, on a team with friends, which means we remember to follow the rules, have good sportsmanship, especially when we are frustrated or disappointed. The goal could be that we keep our hands to ourselves, uh, or it could be we play appropriately with toys and objects in the room, and that would mean specifically like no throwing the toys across the room. So you can find a link to that in the show notes where I kind of break down different areas, but that gives you a little bit of an overview of what I'm talking about when I say we're setting goals in these areas. Now, how do we communicate the goals with the teachers and the buddies? So for the students in our sensory room, we create bio sheets that we put on the bulletin board or have available in a folder for quick access. And it has information on it that tells the volunteers in that class more about the student. For students with buddies, like a one-on-one buddy, we have that same information printed out and in a lanyard that is kept in the buddy bag that they use for quick reference. So here is what we would include on the bio sheet or the lanyards. It would include the name of the student. If it's on the bio sheet, we try to also include a picture. It includes the parents' names, the parent contact info, allergies or medical issues, and then the student's likes, dislikes, spiritual goals, any additional information, and the student's schedule. 
I'll share with you what our son James, what his looks like. So this was when he was in our elementary room. He's now in the reverse inclusion class because he is a teenager. But this is what his bio sheet looked like when he was in our sensory class. So it said parents, Pastor Lee and Sandra, contact info. It was my number. Allergies, medical issues, none. The things that he likes included tickles, puzzles, swinging, trains, music, and snack time. He disliked waiting, (laughs) loud noises, and coloring or writing. He still dislikes those things. So here were the spiritual goals that we had for James when he was at church each week. For James to hear that Jesus loves him, repeat a Bible memory verse each week, pray with prompting, identify by name friends and helpers, and learn the words and motions to the songs we sing. Additional info for his we have goes to the bathroom independently. And then for his schedule, we had in the sensory room both hours. Now, both hours, that meant during like life group hour at nine, and then during the service at 1030, he was in the same room. So that's kind of what James has looked like. Let me share. I have a few others I can share with you that I changed some of the details on so I wouldn't be <laughs> breaking any privacy. But let me just give you some more examples of kids at different interest and ability levels. So here's one from Nathan. So Nathan is eight years old. He has autism level one and sensory processing disorder. So his goals include participating in discussion with respect, completing activity sheet with assistance, sharing a prayer request when it's his turn, telling his buddy or parents one thing he learned. And then we have on here, Nathan has made a profession of faith and been baptized, so we can remind him that the Holy Spirit lives inside him and is always helping him. He has a buddy who uses a buddy bag with fidgets, a visual schedule, and he can ask that buddy to take a walk with him when he needs a break and go to the sensory room. So here's another one of our kiddos. So Brittany, five years old, has cerebral palsy. She is nonverbal and uses a wheelchair for mobility. She will hear that Jesus loves her, participate in music time, look at books and pictures that go along with the Bible story, and identify people in the stories by pointing with assistance, put together a puzzle that goes along with the Bible story with assistance. Brittany is in our self-contained class, and she joins the typical class for song time or other activities she enjoys. Then here's one. Here's a good example from the youth group. So David, 16 years old, has dyslexia and social anxiety. He is in the typical class in the youth group. So here are the modifications we make for him. He isn't called on to read out loud. His teachers look out for times. He's reluctant to join group activities, and they either help him enter a group or they ask him to help with a task. When he was younger, his goals included completing a modified activity sheet. For example, he would have a word bank when filling in blanks, or he might share the answers verbally instead of writing them out. So all of this info helps so much when we're supporting the kids in our ministry. And I'm super excited actually this summer to review the ISPs that we have been using and see how our kids have grown and matured and their new goals and even maybe even new placements for them, just kind of to see what best works for to meet their needs in the new school year. I think it will really set us up for a smoother transition in August. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. There are lots of links in the show notes, and those are at keyministry.org slash podcast if you want to check them out. And if you'd like to talk more about how to support the students in your ministry or grow your ministry to include even more kids, we would love to book a free consultation with you. Now, 
You can visit keyministry.org slash contact and fill out the form and we will follow up with help. Thank you again for listening and know that we are praying for you and the families that you serve this summer.